Hello everyone, and welcome to your uncle's beach house, episode 38. I'm Jackson, I'm joined by M as usual. Hi, it's live action drama time. Live action drama. I've never yeah. said that before. <laughs> yep. Uh, and we're also joined by Time and Patience again. Hello. Hello. It's great to have you back. Thanks for having me back. And we are watching the 2004 series, uh, 2014 um, live action drama series, uh, Blue Blazers, based uh, on the manga by the guy whose name I need to get up. Kazuhiko Shimamoto. Yes. I was like, I know that guy. Like, oh, wait, I just know him as the guy. <laughs> and, um, you know, the G Gundam guy, uh, Kazuhiko Shimamoto. Um, not the other G Gundam guy. Uh, this is my problem. I need to know people's actual names. Uh, but yeah, he wrote a manga in 2007, which is still going about his time at college with um, uh, other such famous anime figures as Hideaki Anno and uh, Hiroyuki Yamaga, the Gainax people. And they made an adaptation of that uh, manga. And uh, it's a 11 episode uh, drama show from 2014. Something I noticed while looking through his credits is actually he uh, he also worked on Live Alive conveniently. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he worked on the pastiche of 70s and 80s anime and toku stuff uh, that involves a big giant robot and a kid, guy with psychic powers with uh, blazing transfer student hair. It's wild how that works. <laughs> yeah. It's the most, like, his stuff ever. It's really good. <laughs> And, um... Yeah, my uh, my main interface. I watched Blazing Transfer Student, the OVA, uh, which is only two episodes, like three years ago at this point, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know enjoyed it for what it was. It's pretty slight. I I would I'd read the manga. I'd assume it's not in English. I haven't actually checked, but I looked. Uh, there's there's like translation of the first volume, but no. Of course, um, it's always that the way. The Blue Blazes manga has one chapter translated, which I checked yes. out. Oh, was it not even a volume, just a chapter? No, no. Okay. no. I, w- I, I thought, oh, you know, I bet someone could license this, and I saw 24-plus volumes, and I'm like, mm, no one's going to do that. Mm, yeah, no one's going to do that. I didn't realize it's, it's still going. It's, He's, like, still making it regularly. I, I, I'm just looking around at people who've, who've read the manga, and it does seem like there's more stuff in between, I guess. Like, it, it is, it is uh, got more sides. I, I think so. It almost have to. I feel like, yeah. But, yeah. But, but even within like that first part that the drama covers, so I, I guess they trimmed the a bunch of stuff for the adaptation. Mm, that would make sense. Um, yeah, I, I looked at that first chapter and I, I enjoyed it, but I definitely prefer the TV's approach more. Yeah. Uh, have you seen any any of the like panels of the manga? Him, uh, view. Oh, uh, Jackson sent me one. Oh. I've, this is one that matters, <laughs> which I'll put in the I'll put in the um, uh, episode description so you can check it here. Uh, but here it is. <laughs> Look at this panel. <laughs> it, it's such a, a different. Uh, it's it's just the it's just the G Gundam guy. So like, <laughs> the character designs are are wild in comparison to normal actor face. Uh, yeah, it's the, the way he draws Anno is hilarious because the comic is so much more through the lens of uh, his style of you know uh, fake kind of guy stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, <laughs> this has the uh, it has the tagline uh, like the um, the captions. Um, this is how I met the future direction of Evangelion. Anno Hideaki. Brackets. I never actually met him. Which is <laughs> <laughs> just uh, incredible reveal after watching this show. <laughs> yeah. Um... It's a it's a whole thing. I, he uh, while we're briefly going over his like wor- works he's done, uh, he also was kind of the uh, successor to Ishida Nomori of Common uh, mm-hmm. Writer and whatnot. Uh, he continued his uh, his comic when he was uh, becoming ill. Um, so he, he's worked in a, a, a variety of kind of, like properties, I guess I should say. Yeah, no storied figure within manga. Uh, makes a manga about like being in college and wanting to be someone who makes manga, and then they made the show. Um, so uh, where do we want to start? I guess we'll summarize the show. Sure. Yeah, I can do. I can do that. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Hono is a uh, guy who goes to Osaka University of Arts, and he wants to make it big in 
Question anime mark? or manga, you know, whatever, <laughs> yeah. whatever, whatever it turns out being. Um, and it turns out that he just happens to be in the same class as everyone who goes on to make famous animation studio Gainax. And all of them are uh, incredibly talented and driven by their like singular love of the media that they've imbibed. And uh, he has the extremely I'm like an 18, 19 year old thing of uh I love this more than anyone else, and I'm secretly the genius, and uh, but doesn't have the miraculous talent necessarily to back it up. Um, and so the the first he you know he is a big bold student, and the first time he meets uh, Hideaki Anno's incredible mechanical animation, he literally screams and flies backwards across the room, <laughs> uh, collapsing in uh, shock and astonishment and fear. Um, and then turns Anno into something of a rival. Anno, most of the show does not know who he is, basically. <laughs> Um, because Anno mostly cares about uh, perfecting his Ultraman poses and getting his work done. Um, and Hano cares a lot about finding a shortcut to either making the perfect anime or after he gives that up, making the perfect manga. Um, and by that, he, I mean, he mean putting together two things that he thinks are popular in a new and novel combination. That's definitely already being done at least six times. Uh, <laughs> uh the, the amount of, plot in this show is just him sitting in his room thinking he's solved storytelling <laughs> um, <laughs> in the way you do when you're 19 <laughs> meanwhile he uh, bounces through a bunch of colorful characters and uh two uh women who both seem into him but not in any way he's willing to capitalize on until it's way too late the minute he's like oh, i should give all this shit up and get a girlfriend they've both moved on basically <laughs> um and meanwhile uh so he works on a manga he works on it looks that, that's just blazing transfer student right yeah, the, the one at the end is yeah 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 the one at the end um and he's getting that submitted into like beginner manga like competitions and everything uh he meets an editor uh <laughs> named matt holy who is the greatest character <laughs> uh, in he's loosely based on the editor for fist of the north star <laughs> yes i did i did pick that up looking up this show and um if ever there was a man who edited fist of the north star it'd be a man like this <laughs> One of my favorite scenes in the whole show. So he's like smoking. He's got like a, a permanent sprayed on sweat on him. He's wearing denim. Yeah, like, he's like de- the- he's like he's like deeply tan. He's wearing like cut off jean shorts and like a denim vest and just looks like a like a ne'er do well. But clearly, he's a guy who spends twenty four hours a day in an office. <laughs> And, and there's an incredible shot, like, towards the end of the last episode, where um, <laughs> he's in the office, but then the other jump editors are there, and they're all just office people. They're just salary men. <laughs> so it's just him in his ludicrous clothes, and has been like, are you doing your job, dude? And he's smoking. Um, um, his actor, I think, is probably one of the strongest comedic actors in the show, and he is in, like, all the director slash screenwriter stuff. Um Okay. He did, uh, I went looking after this, like, mm. what can I find that else this guy's done? And there's, he's done a lot. Less has been translated than you'd want. Hiro Yoshihiko is uh, the the big the big one, but he's also done other like manga adaptations. Uh, Mister Nietzsche and the Convenience Store is pretty all right. I saw he did a um, uh, Three Kingdoms version mm, last year. I was yeah. like, I got to see that, but there's no subs, unfortunately. Um. And uh, all this is against the backdrop of the Gynex crew working on uh, what would become Daikon 3 and exhibiting it and instantly blowing up um, huge. But we don't get the part where they all drop out of college to make Gynex in this <laughs> show. Um, <laughs> it is implied. <laughs> it is implied. But the show ends with them like actually in kind of a weird spot because... Uh, Daikon 3 made a bunch of, got a bunch of attention, but then Osamu Tezuka came in to like compliment them and they whiffed meeting Osamu Tezuka by. It's complicated. <laughs> the, the extra layer there is that they got some of the actual Ganox people to yes. play roles and he is played, the Tezuka figure is played by the like, uh, the otaku guy. Yeah, Toshi Okada. Mm. Yes. He's like, I really goofed um, that. I've really got to sell this. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, just like the problem with the guy next guys is the way the show depicts uh, Hiroyuki Yamaga. Uh, he is just a man who doesn't give a shit about anime, doesn't know anything, doesn't know anyone, uh, has never seen a show. He's just like, these animators are my meal ticket out of here. I'll be fucking rich. I'll be in charge of a company and we'll make incredible anime and I won't have to do a goddamn thing. Um which is, it's 
it is like very uh i think it's funny i think this, he's like a scene stealing character i love him oh yeah but, yes uh, <laughs> but it is, it is like a really mean depiction of the man who like directed one of like with its major caveats one of the better guy next films to me so, the, the, which is the, the thing Space about Force him is he's a big like general sci-fi fan uh mm-hmm. so he 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 can appreciate the works but he has like no interest at the time and um uh, I guess the specific he niche wrote they're in. Gundam War in the Pocket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Creator of Bunny. <laughs> um, it's just very funny. The way they, they depict him is just like the most like latcher on climber guy. Um, it's weird because like this show is very much like we have a fraught relationship as critics with uh, Anno's work specifically, but Gynex in general. Mm-hmm. Um, we like them, but we hate them, and the men themselves are deeply fraught characters or people. Um, but also, this show is, is is like not unaware of that, but is still really loving. Like this version of Anno yes. is how I ideally see Anno in my head is just a man who can't get off his bullshit that I like being in a rivalry with, despite the fact he's never going to know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> yes. A man who uh, everyone loves because he's showing up how stupid Ultraman is, and he is deeply tortured by the fact that they, they don't understand how much he loves Ultraman. Yeah. <laughs> uh. It's it's incredible. It's great stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just it's just good because like, you know, I watched Chirabako last year, year before that, and that no, it was last year because we were watching Idiot. Um, and Chirabako is like a look at the anime industry that's like very like idealistic. I mean, it's it's like very respectful of its history and it's like fun and I liked it a lot. But like, it's very much about how cool anime is even when it's all falling apart. And I feel like this is much more honest about like. These are just people. They get they get lucky. Like skills great, but everyone at the school is like talented at something. It's just sometimes you get lucky and your manga gets not tossed in the rejection pile by someone who thought a joke was funny because you're like he's like who's this loser? I'm throwing him in the acceptance pile. Yeah, the <laughs> editors got mad about that one. <laughs> like from the from that publication, they're like, "Come yes. on, we don't do that. You just weren't very good." <laughs> The thing, I don't watch a lot of, uh, I, I've watched like very few translated dramas mm-hmm. and I don't know, I assume this is unique to this, but the credits as they go have like an evolution of like responses from people in the industry who are watching the show and like writing in. Um, and it's really good. Yeah. The, we've, we both screenshotted the, um, reaction from the one guy who is, I don't know his actual name. He's, I don't know his, his manga. So I like, uh, we need to check what his name is. But um, he is portrayed in the show as uh, Shah, but in a white suit. And Gallant Shah plays whenever he shows up, and he just is like, you know, um, one must, one hates to uh, admit it, the mistakes of our youth, <laughs> and then disappears. On a bike. <laughs> just a normal on a bike. bike yes. Uh, and he writes in Yano Kentaro. Mm-hmm. Yano Kentaro, thank you. Yes, and he writes in going, "Oh, everyone expects me to wear a white suit and start quoting Gundam every five seconds at them now, but thank you because he's a scene scene sealer. Incredible presence. The, um, I think the the show or the the adaptations really help by like how good the performances are generally. Like the comedic timing, I think, is very strong. At least in comparison to the one chapter I read from the from the manga, I." feel like the delivery is much better um like just the the camera sides like um yamaga's like meal ticket meal ticket meal ticket sort of thing it's incredibly (laughs) good um also it's like really grounded by uh yagero plays hono's whole like just willing to be the biggest dumbass in the world like he's just pulling incredible like shonen faces and shouting every line and just like absolutely fearless about leaning into how silly this man is oh, he, yeah um, he's an incredible actor he's the uh youngest winner of the Cannes uh film festival actor award Oh wow! He won uh, for his performance in the 2004 uh, film Nobody Knows uh, by Hirokazu Koyera, who's also known for Shoplifters. Oh yeah, okay. I know of that movie. I haven't seen it, but yeah, he he's just a he's just a very good actor who knows how to move his face. Yeah, um, it's funny because this is just like one of those performances where it's like really giving it all on your comedy in is like really vulnerable because he just comes off as like a really sympathetic character but one that i absolutely think sucks like there's very little that is like 
good about this guy. He only reminds me of all the worst parts of when it's I was 22 and thought I was going to write books. Yes. It's, yeah. It's very good how most of these people are, at the very least, unpleasant. I guess Takami comes off all right, but like m- most of these people are are very in their heads and and dedicated to the uh to their like things they enjoy to the detriment of most other stuff mm-hmm. or other well people. the difference between the, the difference between the main two like the difference between hano and ano right is that ano in this show is portrayed as focused on uh both acts of like consumption and creation mm-hmm. to the uh total blind spot of everything else he is portrayed as like talented enough to be a genius but that is only expressed through the fact that he has people who are like utilizing him he doesn't have the like business acumen to like get a career right he gets picked up and used by Yumaga, you know in in the show not in natural <laughs> history but in in the show he's like picked up and used by Yamaga and like taken around uh until eventually he's like found a rich patron and he's like used as this like uh you know silver bullets in the industry um whereas uh hano doesn't have the like you don't actually see him making manga much he's mostly like in his bed like Arno can't not draw he's drawing all the time and whether he's drawing is good or bad he's always like working Hono is thinking about how good the work will be when it's done 99% of the time while lying on his bed going and like putting his legs up on the ceiling and shit it's it's a really good look at like what it means to want to do things and how no one no one's happy yeah also his he has like a good understanding of of what makes entertaining or successful work generally also so it's 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 not him i guess not necessarily recognizing uh like well constructed media as much as like not knowing how to do that himself or like not feeling the finishing drive to yeah, I mean, it's the thing I relate to a lot in a way, especially in like a hard band. I remember being in college and being an idiot uh, of like, you, you you read a lot of stuff, you get a lot of things, and you're like, okay, if I, I can totally synthesize from all my experience the perfect, like, I'd be like this, but I'll be a response to this, and we'll subvert this. And, th- and then you just, just draw something, dude. Just fucking get your pen to paper and draw something is the actual answer to all of these questions. But instead, he's just, you know, he's, a, he's, he's 19 and eventually 22 by the end, I think. 21, maybe, I don't know. Um, but, uh, just just not not in that headspace right not at all <laughs> the uh i guess the the build up to each of his uh failed attempts or i guess realizations to oh someone's already done this before dang it is always very good i think about the line of like if i rip off a girl from a shoujo manga no one will know like <laughs> constantly cuz it's just true that that is a lot of that's a lot of shonen manga <laughs> Um, it is yeah. I, I was screenshotting a lot of stuff in the show because it's uh the start. The realizations he comes to are so funny because they're all so stock, but they're not like untrue. He does care about this, uh, but every single one is like life or death for him, and none of it matters. Not five minutes after the scene, the recovery time is all like in the scene almost sometimes. Like just I, the the self confidence turnaround is incredibly quick. The bit where there's a scene in like episode four or five um, where he's watching Rocky. <laughs> uh, excuse me, he's watching a recreation of Rocky made for the show, which is the best thing that's ever happened. <laughs> I, I, I was watching this and been like, is this it? Okay, what is happening here? Are we meant to imply in the universe he's watching the real Rocky and they couldn't get the rights to Rocky? Or is this Japanese Rocky and I don't know what's happening? No, this is a recreation made for the show, but it's very funny. I love it. it I love that they cool. roll all the footage they had in the, the credits because I was like more Japanese Rocky please <laughs> so good but there's a bit where like he's got this time I, d- I didn't like it before because I was like oh I've seen Ashton Ojo which is you know a rip off of Rocky <laughs> um, and uh, you know it didn't intellectually move me but now that I am down on my luck and facing things I'm j- he's just like me I'm Rocky <laughs> and it like starts off it, I think this scene encapsulates like the dual um levels this show works on and what makes it really good is that like the first thing is like this like joke about how much of an idiot you are when you're like oh look at rocky he's just like me that's rocky i i'm rocky i also feel um, uh, up against uh, impossible odds and then by the end of the scene the whole cinema is like standing up and like crying and yelling rocky and it's like yes that's what it means to enjoy something it's it's very earnest i feel as a yes. work um 
like it 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 knows it knows how to portray the things in the show um with with i guess care but also realizes the ways in that they're just absolutely silly uh and, and, it, and it works for me as far as like getting me to buy in i guess like, I, it's easy to feel invested in the show for me mm-hmm. i'm just going through these quotes one of the lines is yes every creator in this world has only ever released works that they're satisfied with <laughs> Which is I when he justifies I love that one. <laughs> when he justifies not submitting anything for his like uh, you know uh, full project or whatever. Uh, I think I've literally done this before. I think I did this in high school. I was <laughs> like, I, it's not good enough. It. I'm not turning it in. <laughs> when he's not done anything, he hasn't even worked on it because he's been panicking about it all week. Um, yeah, I, I, it's I, I loved. I really love this show. I know we're like complimenting it, but this is like one of the best shows we've watched for Beach House. I think. Yeah, um, it's just like. The earnestness really comes through, and I, I think that's like key to like Shimamoto is like a man who is always on his bullshit in like a very earnest way. Like all his works, like his designs and his characters, always seem like he really believes in this sort of like media. And I'm really glad the show is willing to like meet it there and be in that space. Uh, there's a bit in the final episode. He has a cameo as a guy who sells motorcycles or whatever, um, and. Uh, in the final credits it's him like goofing off with uh yu yu and he's just like on set doing henshin poses i'm like oh he's still just this guy he has not changed one bit <laughs> no um it's it's lovely it's it's really good uh very charming um i'm glad all the people who were involved in this were willing to come on um they should have gotten Ano. i know he's like actually a big deal in a way that would never be in a thing like this but should have got Ano. this is yeah this is like 2014 Arno when he's the most I don't want to talk to anyone yes <laughs> between uh, 3.0 and Shin Godzilla so you're not getting Arno at this time <laughs> uh, but I agree um, I also like the like you know when they they have a lot of like narrated clips of manga and like manga characters they're like Harlock comes in to inspire him once in a very like Babe Ruth in the Sandlot sort of way mm-hmm. um and they have like you know all the voice actors they could get and the ones that they couldn't get are like famous fill-ins or whatever right like it's people they got the people they spent the money on the people mm-hmm. it's in a way that's really good. narrated by furia though not yes. for his gundam stuff but for his uh nine um adachi mitsu which uh <laughs> just, <laughs> just the uh never give up adachi mitsu and then the timing of the blank days until the release of touch at the bottom is still very <laughs> so good <laughs> uh, yeah touch is like high on my list of things i want to see to fill in my major like anime gaps so it's very funny every time it comes up <laughs> Um, yeah. But also, this is like in this weird space where like the the show takes place in like 1980 and 1981, and so all the animation nerds are like, like everyone has an Idion poster. Like everyone's talking about Idion. It's the new show that's airing. Everyone's very <laughs> excited. Uh, there's a bit where all the like, pe- like anime like ringer animators they get to make Daikon come in, and he's like, have they have they seen Idion? He's like, well, they know about Gundam. He's like, I don't care about Gundam. Gundam was the last show. We're talking about Idion now. <laughs> He, he is, and I was like, "Thankfully, I have videotapes of all of the Idion episodes. We will watch them." <laughs> the very next scene is then like a calendar which says January thirty first. I'm like, I have to look up when Idion ends. I have to look because I'm like, Idion starts. I don't know if this works out. Yes, Anna was doing that scene on the day after Idion ended. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. Because um, it's de- but it's definitely portrayed as like a. Um, uh, you know, uh, Idion is the animation nerds like uh, uh, not Anna. Uh, Tomino show that everyone likes, right? Gundam's the popular one. Idion's the one that is the the real shit for for the nerds. I mean, Idion um, is the classic anime in Japan, though. It's real know? big. Yeah, yeah, I know, but it's it's it's, it's classic. This is like different from Gundam, right? Like, um, Gundam is huge beyond Tomino, uh, and that's true. They are building Idion statues across the world at this point. <laughs> like, I mean, Idion gets this. You told me that Idion gets this kind of like refer- reverence in Shirobako as well. Um, so like I, I get I I understand that but what made it funny in this one is that this isn't 
this is more like every single tweet that's like Demon Slayer is the best anime ever made. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's really funny right now. There's a bit where Hono goes into a, like a convenience store and the lady's watching Idion on TV and she's like, "What is this?" And he's like, "Oh, it's Idion." She's like, well, "What's what is it?" And he's like, "Oh, it's the next anime by uh, Yoshiki Tomio, the creator of Gundam." And she's like, "No, no, no. What's it about?" And he's like, "Oh, I don't watch it. I don't know. <laughs> I know the facts about it." Uh, it's deeply relatable as someone who's like oh yeah you want this release of this and this and I've not seen it what do you mean I don't watch anime what are you talking about <laughs> I feel like uh, there's a specific moment at uh, near the start of the show where uh, one of his friends slash seatmates they have an interesting dynamic uh, comes in with the like recorder uh, the that can play back frame by frame which I think is a, a show of like around the time the switch to kind of uh, admiration for specific animators and like the the media just aesthetically i guess i should say uh like anna's constantly being like oh that animator that animator that animator um which i guess part of it is idion uh the character designer animation director kogawa uh most a lot of animators were specifically in his sub-studio, uh, Studio Bebo, I think. Uh, so, like, Itano and a bunch of people worked on there. So, as far as, like, it being the animators, anime, Tomino am, am, anime, I think a lot of people got work as a result of it. Or, like, came up on it, I guess I should say. Uh, yeah. I mean, it I agree. It's a classic. <laughs> it's a good show. I've heard that there's some coverage on a Great Gundam Project. If people are interested. It's true. Uh, yeah. So, and I, I was just surprised. Surprised and wrong, but like this show is really funny. Like we watched a few comedies on here, but this is like one of the um, like highest laugh out loud ratios of a show we've covered. Uh, because of just and I, part of that is I've seen just enough. Like I haven't seen like Harlock, um, so there's a few bits I missed. But I've seen enough to like get all the references, and uh, it is similar and you know it's relatable enough to being in college that I'm like I mortified by the right things and laughing at the right things. And it's just a hilarious show. Yeah, I, I think the the director slash screenwriter having having those chops and like gotten out a very well done comedy show like it, everyone coming into this adaptation feels very confident i guess like it feels like a very well polished production uh that's true apart from and this, this isn't even not well polished but it's a funny choice uh this show does not even slightly look like it's taking place in 1981 <laughs> not at all um, every time it's like out of the few like the two like room sets and they're just like standing like in shooting on location I'm like you've I guess tried to not get that many modern cars in shots but only when you could <laughs> like uh, uh, it's really funny because also the the show is about everyone having like manga styled hair basically and yes. so there's a bit like towards the end where uh, another student who like directed like a live action episode comes in and she just has 80s hair and it just blows up the entire aesthetic of the show <laughs> it's so funny because <laughs> no one else has 80s hair like his his like would-be girlfriend who I think is like a real like scene stealer uh, uh, Mizuki Yamamoto plays Tonko who's like a girl who has like Leiji Matsumoto hair is just kind of like a dreamy she's very into Hono but like in like this way that she's not going to act on and he's oblivious because he just wants to lecture her about anime and manga and she's very like positive and supportive um, and uh, like it's just it's just such a cartoon and then God, maybe the funniest scene in the the whole uh, show is at the final episode. He's like, I'm going to give up manga. I'm going to go uh, live the wilds of my youth or whatever. And he goes into the store she works in and she's like, oh, you're here. Let me introduce you to my boyfriend. And it's this fucking nerd with a bowl cut and like pulled up <laughs> socks who's eating. Uh, what is it? Takoyaki? He's, it's all um, over his face. <laughs> Yeah, and it's all over his face, just mayo and sauce all over his face. Um, and he's just like a disgusting gremlin of a man. And, and he's like, what, you, him? It's like, yeah, he comes in all the time. He, he loves he loves the food. And he's like, he has, he has sauce on his face. It's almost as if he's doing it on purpose to like <laughs> to it's horrify so me. much sauce in his face. He doesn't, like, he's not like he's got sauce in his face. They have slathered 
<laughs> so it's all over his face. It's disgusting. And, uh, and so he's like very polite. And he's like, hello, I'm, I'm her boyfriend. It's great. Uh, you know, I come here. I love the food. And he's just horrified. And at, like the scene goes on and she's oblivious to the fact that he's ever been interested. Um, clearly just moved on or whatever. Um, and at the very end, the guy turns to me and goes, by the way, I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> just the incredible like... Uh, like cascade of things to make him feel bad about himself is so funny and then he like moves down to the next girl on his list because one of the best one of the best bits of this plot is that like um he's the whole show is about him like there's these two girls who he's like kind of interested in he's and he's like but oh he's he's interested in them is only utilizing the show so as so far as him to realize i have a high school dynamic going on i'm choosing between two girls that he's actually never talking to properly um and then in the second to last episode, he meets this like uh, star of one of the movies that uh, he watched. This like you know uh, girl he finds really hot, and uh, the director's like, "Yeah, she's so she's so hot and nice too. She's a great girl." And she he like takes that as like, "And you were saying I should go out with her?" And she's like, "No, I wasn't. What the fuck, dude?" Um, and so like in his like grand revelation, his first choice before either two of the girls he's met is this just random girl he saw on TV one time. Uh, and then he goes down the list of like, actually, it's going to be this girl. Actually, and obviously, they've all moved on. Um, I like the stuff with them. Um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Toriyu. Uh, what's her, what's her, her name? Um, Tsuda? Tsuda. Yes, mm-hmm. Tsuda. I got the name wrong. Uh, with Tsuda, uh, because um, the, the, the um, like, he walks in and, like, imagines her being there and, like, slapping him on the arm as she does, which is kind of her, her bit. Cause she's, she's, like, really interested in the, like, manga stuff. Um, and is kind of like a fan in that way and then like but the the thing the show doesn't draw attention to in the last scene where that happens she he's like talking about oh the long-haired girl and the short-haired girls and this and this and this and she's got short hair and then he just says to her face oh yeah all girls like all, all guys like girls with long hair obviously idiots and then like then she never actually like after that scene talks to him ever again outside of his imagination uh because that's what happens when you talk that way to girls who like you jesus dude yeah, it's good. Um, that stuff is like very cognizant of the part where like these nerds drive women out of their lives or put them in like weird support roles. It's not like a huge thrust of the anime, but it, or the show, but it is like part of the story structure. Yes, uh, there's a really good scene with the um, with the daikon stuff where they're like discussing what to do, and then uh, the rich guy, the he's the like the owner of uh, Gainax, um, uh, you know uh, Okada. Uh, has this suggestion where it's like, instead of the idiot, we need to make something that will really get a reaction. We should just make it just like put a big pussy on screen. They will blow George Lucas's mind. <laughs> and and everyone's like, his logic's too airtight. We can't def- argue him away from this. And then like a single woman comes up and goes, yeah, and then why did after that everyone shit and eat some shit and like eat poo on stay a screen? And everyone's like, oh, yeah, okay, I guess I guess we were basically, yeah, I'm so- sorry. Sorry. She's like, okay, thank you. <laughs> and then leaves. <laughs> And it's just like uh, a really quiet scene, but it's clearly about the way that like this left their own devices without like a single woman to talk to them, and they would just do horrible shit, which they do. I've seen Gainax works. Yeah, most of the uh, the women who uh, kind of came up in Gainax in the two thousands are now doing much better things, uh, like. Akame Hayashi and uh, Shoko Nakamura are, did Dokusei, which was a very good mm-hmm. movie. Uh, and they've worked on, like, Igar stuff. Uh, ju- just wildly more consistent, strong, cohesive uh, anime since leaving. Yep. Um, and yeah, uh, what, what else do we, wanna, we have to, to mention? Hmm. Di- the they have the Daikon films in there. That's that's what they're working on. <laughs> I, I spent the whole like as soon as they started the Daikon plot, I was like, how they get like they've licensed all the anime stuff, but that's anime stuff, you know. That's like classic things. You call out the people. You get what are they, they going to do about the Daikon like footage and soundtracks? <laughs> and the answer is cut around every shot that doesn't have like three references that they've already licensed and mute it. <laughs> <laughs> just completely mute it we have put a gag about how there's no sound in there <laughs> uh. 
Yeah, uh, the part where they, they just the area and like the soundtrack doesn't work. Like we don't need the soundtrack. Our animation's that powerful. Um, and then when it starts going into the stuff that's like all like referential, there's like just explosion effects obscuring the screen as the the crowd goes wild. <laughs> yes, uh, it's very funny. Uh, yeah, I I think I I just um really like the show. I think it's really good about like uh, navigating what it is about like shonen anime that you're meant to take from it uh which i think is a good thrust of the show because like you know main guy sees himself as a shonen protagonist he acts like shonen protagonist at all times which means he acts like selfish to an extreme uh and is like alternates between uh a terrified self-importance in his own, like in his isolation, when he's like can admit how scared he is, but yet can come up with his genius plan that will definitely solve everything. But then when talking to anyone else, he's putting on this like double front of actually, you listen to me because I know the way things are, and everyone does listen to him because they're just polite and normal people. And the show ends up really being about how none of that's true. Um, yet there's still ways you can like you know take the you can still take the lessons from these shonen heroes who like you know walk off into the sunset and uh, you know leave their girl behind or whatever you know all of these things can like apply to your life in ways that aren't, aren't like and then I will create the perfect manga from my own hands and make the future um, and I, I just really like that like all the stuff at the end with like you know Gainax's success come because they meet a rich guy who gives them a hundred animators and the show is cognizant about that and very deliberately pushing that as like a you know it understands that these people are like very talented and they're talented but, but it's like you know it's a show about how opportunity is random it's very pointed in that scene where uh uh his mug gets rejected and then one guy sees it and it goes into the pile i understand why that mug had some complaints about it but i don't think it's driven by like a desire to like speak out against people who rejected him at the time it comes far more as an awareness that like you know success isn't success comes from the world you you can't actually make it happen sometimes you get lucky sometimes your thing gets in the wrong box sometimes this happens uh sometimes you're like in the right class and you meet a rich person and you still have to live your life and it still probably sucks uh the bit where uh, Arno comes in at the end and he actually's like i don't feel anything from getting this and it's like yeah i mean it's because you gotta keep doing a job now and he's like yeah i guess i gotta keep doing my job uh it was very just very good it was a very good way to like wrap all that up um, there's a bit where uh, Mad Holy come, calls and gives him advice. He's like, "Can you make this more stark?" And he's like, "What do you mean more stark?" And he's like, "Make it more stark." And hang, it like hangs up. Um, there's a great gag where he goes to hang up and just throws the phone uh, receiver across the desk. <laughs> has to like lean over and pick it up. I love Mad Holy. Um, but he he's like, wait. Stark, does, and he goes to the manga. He's like, "Does he mean like the background? So I need to put more black color in it? Like it, my, my my all my protagonists have bl- like white hair. Do I need do I need a protagonist with black hair? Is that what he means? Like these big black backgrounds?" Then cuts to the office with that scene where he's like the only one who's dressed ridiculous. Everyone's in suits, <laughs> and he's like, "What I meant was like the belief in like the the, the narration style of this sort of show in manga. I need a protagonist who's willing to buy into this stuff, and I feel like he's doing it kind of detached and ironic. And we need you need to just believe it if you're going to sell it. Uh, otherwise, the jokes aren't going to work and um the miscommunication of someone who's like when you are just starting out and getting feedback like you don't know how to internalize anything and are scrambling for like quick fixes and he has he has like clear and incise feedback but it, it, he doesn't know how to communicate it and he and hono doesn't know how to receive it and it's just very honest about how a young person isn't equipped to like look at their work and like actually work on it and get better at it through feedback like i related to this incredibly hard like what what do you do with feedback when you're you're 19 and don't know what you're doing right be, like, be I, more stark what i was stu- I, what do you mean <laughs> and and like the only two options that um hano has in a lot of the feedback scenes is like uh this person's wrong. They don't understand my genius. Or you're right. I should give up and change my entire career. Um, there's nothing but extremes to him uh, because you know he's 20 at this point and he's written like three things. Yeah, uh, and that's just how it is sometimes. Um, 
to go back a little bit, the one thing I do think is funny about the Daikon uh, releases, uh, because they have to put Daikon in a show and it's 2014, you get the like version of Daikon that all of us have ever watched, which is like really degraded and looks like shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and watching that, knowing that they're currently working on like a scan of like the uh, like eight Original millimeter film cells. that yeah. looks incredible is is great. I'm really excited for that to finally get fully released. It's going to be incredible. Yes. <laughs> it will be nice to see it when it looks just incredible. Yeah. All of the all of the like uh little clips have just looked so good. Uh it's 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 cool. Yes. Um, and I do like the way that they acknowledge the like fraughtness of Daikon as this um launching point for careers, right? Because no one can do that now. Uh they do get into like you just drew everyone else's shit. You put all the stuff people like, and you Ready Player One did, and you made it. And the show frames it as like, we must not be like held back by the man, uh, which is what the rich person's saying, right? But like, I, I imagine these people would not be so happy when I if I did that with Evangelion or something, right? Like, um, this is not like, it is in some in many ways a show about um, this period of time, but it could you know you can pick any other period from like another like. You know, I'm sure there's an equivalent thing for video games in the 90s, right? Like a time where an industry is at a turning point and a specific group of people are like have the opportunity to actually break in and make like sweeping changes. Uh, Mm -hmm. This is not presented as like a regular thing because especially it's like Hono just gets the normal career if I got in and I did it on my own terms and I haven't changed, you know, uh, haven't like revolutionized anime in the way that Gainax went on to do, but I had a career and I write things and it's fine. (laughs) And I still, in the present day, uh, go to sleep rather than solving my problems. (laughs) I I think Uh, the the format changes, but like that throughput of, of... luck and like showing you've done the work yes is still i think ongoing i think of a the for for beck uh which was a while later of course uh kobayashi the director got people who he saw their like web animations it was like oh this looks pretty sick i'm gonna hire you uh and that just launched multiple careers so i i think i think the 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 show i guess the manga is to depiction of um kind of like Hono needing to do the work but also like the, the reason why any of these people are successful really is also a large part of due to luck like you said I, I think that that holds true in in manga and anime still but like the big breakout success is very much to this very specific point in time uh, where a lot of things are changing uh, I don't it touches in 20 days <laughs> Yes. Uh, I th- yeah, I just, um, I really liked it, especially, um, yeah, because I'm, I'm not normally into, like, a lot of the Shonen shows It's necessarily uh, pulling, not directly pulling from, but, like, some of the, you know, mm-hmm. I don't like Gurren Lagann, which is pulling itself from other similar Shonen things back in the 70s and stuff, and Super Robot stuff. Um, and, like... I was I was curious going maybe I'll find this annoying too but it's actually like about that friction in a way that I uh, really appreciate it. It's one of my favorite shows we've done. Glad it landed. I, uh, yeah. Yeah, no. I, I feel so I feel like the timing of coverage worked out pretty well just sort of like the things that have been seen for uh GGP or uh, beach houses. Yeah, the like the the gaps that we have aren't going to get covered by the work we're doing in the next couple of years. Like we're not going to go out and watch Harlock or read Harlock or uh, like I've watched a couple episodes of Galaxy Express, but like you know it's a long show. Every episode's kind of the same thing. I'm watching it very slowly. Yeah, there's there's only a couple bits of like, oh damn, I probably should have seen that before they talk about this. There's like some stuff about some future Yamato stuff, uh, but mostly it was stuff I'd already seen. I'm surprised. How, I don't think of myself as very widely seen in anime. Uh, like you know most of the stuff I've done has been on GGP has been fairly laser focused along mecha stuff um, but I still felt mostly comfortable here it was pulling to from the obvious ones mm-hmm. like M said I think the only real um, I guess lack in, in that sort of coverage or uh, media would be the Adachi Mitsuri stuff but also that's the anime at least for that stuff is so long touches a hundred episodes yes yeah it's it, really it's, long 
it's also like referencing nine and i would mm. watch touch so like it yeah. like timeline wise mm-hmm. works out like it goes through what i assume is the ending of nine it's a great ending the, the stuff where it goes through that one i don't know if it's the ending of nine or just the ending of uh uh the arc but i think it's the ending because that's when the scene mm-hmm. says like touch releases in 200 days um and uh that stuff was great it solved me on reading some dachi mitsuri <laughs> Uh, it it covers both, I think, his uh, command of the genre and also just like, like teehee, like the 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 things that <laughs> comics authors will do to like sell their work, which is he was like, I, I wouldn't, I would never do that. That I, that that would require so much effort to draw, and it would be bad. <laughs> the the whole thing where like his entire premise of blazing transfer student changes around the fact that he doesn't want to draw a classroom is one of the most relatable bits in this whole show <laughs> that's um uh, uh, every single time someone screenshots uh like uh, toriyama's dragon ball comments <laughs> yeah i think it, it really shows how how, how much work all of this stuff is to do just like the the time required and the um how the the minutia that's required i think about the uh the the scene where he's like i figured out this cool trick to do like stars on this black background and um she she uh the uh suda immediately like does it better than him <laughs> he's like oh assistance mm, okay that might be useful F- figuring out like oh manga assistance yeah that's a thing people need those actually yeah, I love that at the end he's like in his little office with four assistants who are all like annoyed with him. <laughs> um, just jumping around to like favorite favorite gag. There's one incredible gag uh, in the um, in like episode ten, I think. Uh, so the, the the he makes a second film. Well, I guess he makes his first anime because <laughs> um, uh, he didn't do the do one the other time. He never finished it. Uh, but he's making an anime and everyone else's short film has been like comedy stuff uh, that everyone's laughing at. But this time he's like, I'm going to make the most serious like version in, of the thing that I like. And when he's watching it, he's like listing moments like, oh, the bit where the base explodes in the Galaxy uh, Express 999 movie. Remember that and be impressed. <laughs> he lists five times. And then afterwards, when no one likes it, um, uh, <laughs> The the uh, the girl comes up to him. It's like maybe no one liked yours because yours was original and everyone else's was a uh, parody. And he's like, "You're right. I mine was simply too original." <laughs> I'm like, "What are you talking about?" It was very good. Um, the the primary interaction between the two of uh, him and Anno being like just utterly dissatisfied with how their them showing their work is to like their fellow students in just widely different ways is very good uh you mentioned before the uh the ano like why did why do they think it's a comedy this is sick yes this is this is very deep stuff uh this this vision of ano believes in ultraman so much um it's it's really good stuff <laughs> He's walking around with like the Ultraman like uh, thing around his neck, <laughs> and half the time he's in an Ultraman shirt. He's always doing Ultraman poses, falling um, like Ultraman, <laughs> falling like Ultraman. Yeah, and he plays the Ultraman music whenever he falls. Uh, to for he's like not showered for ten days because he's been in a um, like animation trance the whole time, and people and, and then they're talking like, like, does he smell? He's like, well, well, no, he's not like eating badly, and he's not like. It's still gross, though. <laughs> Make him have a bath. <laughs> and they take him to, to have a bath, and he goes to the bathhouse and just, like, immediately starts falling like Ultraman in the bath. Uh, he's at peace. <laughs> the uh, If folks are interested in kind of, like, the Gynax part of this, um, there is a, uh, a thing called the no, no Tenki Memoirs, which is uh, mm-hmm. by the guy in this show who has the hat. Uh, the producer guy, um, and that's like a little less exaggerated, uh, but it, it covers a lot of kind of this similar sort of uh, how Ganax was formed. The uh, 
the the subtitle for that is uh, Studio Gynax and the Men Who Created Evangelion doesn't really cover Evangelion at all. It's mostly just this stuff, like the the Gynax forming era of Daikon and whatnot. I don't know what the um. I guess you put that to sell it, but I'm like, I mean, they they were had they had a job, but they had to make Evangelion, and they did. Like, I don't, I don't have that many questions about how Evangelion was made. Yeah, they were already at Gynax. The uh, the author uh, also isn't very interested in Evangelion. Uh, yeah, fair enough. The whole, the whole uh, I mean, like Anno didn't show up for this, but like the whole crew's kind of experiences with uh, studio mix-ups and like rights and working all that stuff doesn't. Not a good time uh, for like that crew's not still hanging out together. <laughs> no, Yamaga and uh, Ano are like enemies because Yamaga's the only one that stays behind. Like he's kind of the figurehead for the new Gynex that's like being sued in a seemingly disaster as they like wheel out all their properties and say, please invest in us. We're definitely making Gunbuster 3 one day and then return into a shell collecting all the money and doing scams or whatever. Yeah, there's like three um, or four things that they've said they've been working on for over half a decade. Yeah, it was that blog post that I wrote, mm-hmm. uh, like breaking it down from his perspective. Like, all right, here's what happened. Here's why I hate those guys. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the uh, 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 Takami or uh, Akai, the, um, the 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 less cursed guy in that group in the show, uh, famously the one who said Two uh, uh, Chan like smelled like butt uh, when they were uh, trash talking Kobayashi's Gainax episode, and then had to leave the studio. <laughs> he was like, "No, that's uh, I, why would I care about their critiques? They're awful." <laughs> Wait. Wait, he had to leave the studio because he was standing up for that episode of Gun Oh, Gun. yeah. It's, yeah, people got real upset when he said... I, uh, God, I have to look up... Uh, uh, um, warning for gross. Uh, he, his exact comment was, like, putting his face next to an anus and breathing deeply to read two channels. <laughs> I mean, that's... And it was yeah, under... everyone agrees. It was under a, 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 a pin name. Which I think is part of why it got it, like it coming out that it was him <laughs> was part of that I think, but yes, no, uh, full respect for for that. Uh, also comes off in this show is like relatively normal. Yeah, he's just a normal guy. <laughs> he's gonna go on to make Princess Maker. Yep. Uh, yeah. God. Still, still mad. Learning about the like Gundogan controversy. Uh, uh, R.I.P. Kobayashi. Yeah. Shout out to a real one. Absolutely. Um, all right. Do we have anything more that we want to get into? Or is, uh, has this been Blue Blazers? I think this has been Blue Blazers. I, I don't Blue have anything Blazers. else. Yeah. I have to say, when you brought this up as the thing to do, I leapt at it because I knew you'd be the perfect person to have on, and I was correct. <laughs> uh, I uh, try try to uh, do thematic critique. I'm not very practiced at it, but I at least know some production stuff. Uh, really Look, well. You, I'm sure that you have forgotten more production stuff than we'll ever know. So you know, you're the perfect guest. <laughs> yep. Um, thank you for bringing this to us because I'd had it on uh, like to watch forever, but I was always like, eh, I'm probably not like there where I could watch it yet. And uh, you knowing that we were and could just watch it and enjoy it uh, was correct yeah, and good. This uh, this used to be available to stream on something. Unfortunately, I, I think I think they took it down. Someone the discotheque should pick this up probably. They should. Um, they should include the little bumpers after the credits of the two main, uh, like the uh, Hono and uh, what's the lady's name, trying to pitch the Blu-rays to be by, because <laughs> uh, it's very funny on my files. Yeah, uh, Mor- Morinaga's the, the role. Yes. Um, oh, I guess uh, one other, I guess, tidbit. The uh, the band who does the opening, the Awfuls, they got pretty big uh, in, the, in the 90s, but... Um, the main uh, uh, band leader for that is who uh, Nicholas D. Wolfwood was based on in Trigon. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Incredible. Incredible. That's uh, that's great. I love it. I, the, the OP is great. I love it. See, they're, they're good. They, uh, they did one of the uh, openings for like Koshia and they, uh, they're pretty catchy. Um. I guess if that's everything, it's time for plugs. Uh, time pages, you never typically want to plug know, anything, but maybe. Not really. Okay. Just go take, pick it up, I guess, you know? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. 
Um, do they do live action stuff? Yeah, they've they've done a few. It's not like their wheelhouse, okay. but I feel like this would be the one to sell from their catalog. Absolutely, for sure. Um, Jackson plugs. Uh, you can find me at headfallsoff on twitter.com. You can find the podcast that me and M do at abnormalmapping.com. Go listen to them. There's a bunch of good ones there. We just came out with a podcast on Live Alive. Yeah, which uh, is incredible. Uh, great game. Uh, please listen to that or, or play the game or both, ideally. Um, you can find me on Twitter at EM underscore Bing. If you'd like to support us, you can do that at patreon.com slash normalmapping. We are just finishing up our Gundam X uh, season. Uh, we watched Ghost of the Shell second gig. That's over. Don't have to worry about it. Um, tomorrow we get to hear Austin's thoughts on the live action Ghost of the Shell movie. I'm very excited. That episode oh, will already sorry. be out. <laughs> so excited <laughs> um we're about to cover endless waltz and then we're covering turn a gundam with turn a gundam we're going to be watching the big o and planets i'm um, i'm excited i i haven't watched those in a while so I don't, I don't know how they hold up but i remember liking those that's just a very strong collection of productions to, to watch for coverage yeah uh, we have bonus podcasts also at different tiers if you want to go check that out. Um, next time for this, though, in about three weeks, uh, we are going to be watching A Place Further Than the Universe, which is the 13-episode series from 2018, uh, which you almost picked for us. And I was like, someone else really wants to do it, and I think you'd be better on Blue Blazes. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, I, I also mentioned um, I Renme on, on the episode I was on, so I'm glad the things I like are, are getting covered. Uh, good, good listenership picks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I feel like we've been uh, really blessed with great picks, and uh, the ones that we haven't even like vibed with that much, I still think are like really interesting to talk about. I don't think we've had any that are like uh, outside of the one. Apologies, to that person. I know you listen. Aside from the one person who asks us to watch Dominion Tank Police, it's all it's all been really good. They're friends, so I don't mind dragging them a little bit. Um, they didn't know. They hadn't seen it. They just wanted us to cover it. So little did they know how much we'd be pulled into the uh, getting low with uh, Shara Hall. Yes. <laughs> But otherwise, like even like Wolf Children, which I think is maybe our most negative episode, I was like, I'm glad I watched it, and we had a great time talking about it. So, oh God, Wolf Children, never be afraid good. to bring us something we're not going to like. Oh. <laughs> so that's true. All right, thank you guys for listening, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Darkness and light are one.